Hey everybody, before we begin today's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, let me tell you about all the platforms you can find the podcast on. Not only can you find us on Anchor, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the links will be in the description of every episode. So let's get into this episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast slash YouTube channel for Wrestling Meets Reality. This episode is my reaction review to last night's Derby Monday Night Raw. Let's get started. So, last night's Raw was odd. It had a lot of good things, but it had some bad things that, in my opinion, made no sense and could be quite damaging to certain wrestlers' careers. Last night's Raw, it was reported that Paul Heyman had 100% control of everything last night, and I can tell that, and that's a good and bad thing. It seems like Paul Heyman's approach on booking is relying on shock value. That's what a lot of people's talking about that too as well. And I see that a lot of, I don't want to say shocks happened, but a lot of stuff happened that was supposed to ensue shock. But they left me with questions, scratching my head, and going, what? <laughs> um... And one of the things which I'll talk about in, in the when we get to it is Rusev is the father of Maria Canellis' baby. I repeat that Rusev is the father of Maria Canellis' baby. Potentially. Maybe. I don't know. But we'll get to that shortly because that was crazy. But the show started off with Rollins, Rollins coming out over the promo. The Fiend, uh, not the Fiend, but Bray Wyatt's Mr. Rogers character cut a Firefly Funhouse promo and basically confirmed that they're going to be fighting in three weeks. It wasn't confirmed. They'll fight in three weeks at Hell in a Cell in Hell in a Cell. And that was a good, it was a good Firefly Funhouse segment. Um, and he basically promised to make new friends and all that stuff that night. And he would see Seth Rollins in Hell. In a cell. And after this, we had the botch of the century. They they went to show the um, match called the card for the night. It all every screen was upside down. And I think they did this by accident because till at the end of the show, they had the Firefly Funhouse pop up the Bray Wyatt's video. And that was that was upside down some at some points of it. So I bet they did did the upside down for this this raw screen by accident and forgot to change it. But I got pictures on my phone to prove it. Um all the screens all the match cards they were hyping the King of the Ring tournament, which was which is match of the week in my opinion. Um they were hyping up the Bailey Banks, Nikki Cross, Lexa Bliss tag match and, and um stuff like that. And Rollins and Bobby Roode. All the screens were upside down. I lost my mind. I put I posted on Twitter what <laughs> with pictures of it. Um, I, that was hilarious. It was that was such an undecided botch. It, I was not expecting that to happen. It, it was hilarious to see that someone made that grave mistake on live TV. And I've it's been reported very softly that someone was fired 
immediately after that happened. So whoever was over this is now unemployed. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, and it kind of set the tone for the atmosphere of the night, in my opinion, which was odd, and a lot of stuff was out of place, in my opinion. Some things were good for the show, but some things were bad as well. Next up, um, apparently Braun Strowman promised that so whoever goes to the ring next will get these hands. And then I think that after this, they did. They had Dolph and Ru, uh, Rudolph come out. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode come out, and the Wild came out with them and just talking about how they're good champions. Braun Strowman came out and laid and tore up everybody except Bobby Roode, which I thought was interesting. Uh, something that I saw made me think that the team of Bobby Roode and Rudolph did not last long because Bobby Roode's only out for himself. It was when Braun Strowman was running rampant around the ring. He knocked down the revival and then knocked down. He was charging at Dolph Ziggler by Robert Roode. Robert Roode saw him a mile away and ran away. He ran in the ring, down the other side of the ring, and ran up the ramp, allowing Dolph to get knocked to get blasted by Braun Strowman. So they asked a play a, a key into their team going forward is that Bobby's going to turn on Dolph Ziggler, Ziggler's going to turn face, and they're going to feud. Oh gosh, um. But yeah, that's what I'm seeing happening. Rude was out for himself. That was evident last night. The seeds were planted for that, I think, in my opinion. Which is odd, in my opinion, but it should be a good... Interesting going forward, nonetheless. So the first actual match we had was the OC versus Cedric Alexander and the War Raiders. I still don't know the Raiders' individual names. <laughs> I'm going to call them the War Raiders. I said War Raiders. They're Viking Raiders now, excuse me. Viking Raiders. And their names have changed, and I'm going to call them Hanson and Rose still because I don't know their new names still, and that's not their fault. They just have weird names. But this match was, I thought, it was a very, very good match. Um, Hanson and Rose, the Viking Raiders, looked amazing this match. I love them as a team. Both men can go Hanson so fast. Um, it's incredible to see. Hanson did a, like a swanton duck bomb off the top of up onto everybody on the outside of the ring. It was insane. Cedric and AJ were in the ring. AJ won with a second rope styles class to pin Cedric Alexander again. And people, some people were talking about how this Cedric's looking weak and all that stuff. Cedric's looking great coming out of these matches. Because he's literally fighting AJ to the nail and coming up short barely. So it's not Cedric that Cedric sucks or anything. It's AJ's the veteran and knows what to do when to do it. This is going to probably pay off with Cedric beating AJ clean for the title in the future. But I like how this is playing up with AJ. He's always got Cedric's number. Cedric comes up close every time. So I'm very excited for you to go forward. Um, the match itself was fantastic, I think. It was a very good match. But next up, we had a 24-7 championship segment. Our truth and Carmelo was at um some famous um place. I think they were in Knoxville, Tennessee, I think. I didn't catch where they were from. Might have been Knox County, I don't know. But either way, Glenn Jacobs, aka Kane, popped up in his suit and tie and wanted to show our truth around the city. Since he's a mayor. I was like, I know this is going, I can't wait. Next match was the match of the night, possibly the week. Chad Gable was Baron Corbin in the King of the Ring Finals match. This match was absolutely incredible. I can't get over this match. This match 
from here on out, the show was pretty good, except for the issues we said we'll talk about in a minute. But this was just an absolutely incredible match. I can't get over how good they, these two work very well together. Um, people were behind Corbin, but the crowd was really, really, really behind Gable. I loved seeing Chad Gable get the reception he got. I still wish if they plan giving Chad screen time like this, they need to push him and give him new mu- music. Because every time he comes out to the American Alpha theme song, I just it just kills my, my hype for him. Because that music is so outdated because Jason Jordan's no longer in the picture. They haven't been team, teaming up in like three or four years. Chad needs new music if he's going to stick around like this, which I hope he does. Because he is absolutely insane in the ring. He is great. Listen, he's straight. He's technically, he's one of the best technical wrestlers in the in the, in the WWE today. He is incredible. He His focus is trying to lock on the ankle lock, which is his finishing move now. Um, but this match was so back and forth. It was insane. The finish was in, was incredible, too. You had Chad going for a hair Karana, I think. I had scissors thing. And Baron Collins to the end of the day is for the win. All hell, King Corbin. This match, again, Baron Corbin deserves this win. He fought the most out of everybody to get to this point. He did deserve this win, which is kind of odd booking for a heel to do, which shows that this, this time it was kind of booked. Very weird, because usually babyfaces have to t- fight tooth to the nail for this type of thing. But they made Baron Corbin the heel fight to the nail, and when he won, the fans liked it. Then you get a massive pop, like I figured you would. But um, Baron Corbin is now King of the Ring 2018, and as soon as he got to the throne, he he did his little pose, and they cut back to the next segment. They they didn't crown him. They didn't do anything. They just showed him looking at the throne, and that's it. I didn't like that, but it's also announced that his coronation is going to be tonight on SmackDown. So it's your SmackDown star now. What? Um, but hopefully this is something good for Ben Corbin. They just don't have someone to either return or debut or whatever and just screw him over. Ben Corbin can make this gimmick work, and I feel like WWE is just going to push it to the side, and it's not going to matter. Which is going to make a whole two month or two tournament seem crappy. Hopefully they don't do that, but this is my hunch. Is that going to make Ben Corbin a afterthought now. After such a great show in the tournament. But this match was insane. I think if less doesn't better comes happens tonight or tomorrow night, this is match of the week. Alright. Next up was the worst segment, but also the funniest segment of the night. The Street Profits hosted Maria Canellis's baby gender reveal party. So she comes in and she's like, hey, it's a boy. Everybody said, hey, pop for it. And she's like, Mike is all excited and hugging her. And she's like, Mike, you're not the father. Ricochet is the father. <laughs> and they turn to Ricochet. He's like, oh, no, but you thought, oh, no, that's not what happened, dog. And Mike and Ray, I might meet you in the ring now. They're going to the ring. Mike's trying to beat up Ricochet. Ricochet, Ricochet like, I didn't do it, man. I don't want to fight you, man. Ricochet sold this very well. The fact that he didn't want to fight Mike because he knows Maria's trying to use, uh, manipulate him. But it ended up having to fight him and Ricochet beat him with a recall of knee into that. And they had another Firefly Funhouse 7 real quick. And they had Bray hanging up pictures of Jerry Lawler, Mick Foley, those who he's beaten up in the past. This is, I think he called his friend wall or something. 
He's like, hey, I gotta add someone in. I'm gonna go add a new friend to the wall. I'm like, oh, here we go. So the rest of the night we had the looming um, thought, was, who's the thing gonna attack and when and why and when and all that stuff. So that was a good kind of overcast for the rest of the show. But this general reveal was trash because after the Firefly segment that just happened, Michael's sitting on the apron and Murray's like, what's it take to manipulate, uh, to, um, what you say? To basically, what's it take to get you to step up? She's like, I'm basically, basically she's ashamed of Mike. She's like, here's the real father. And Rusev comes out. Rusev is back. And this man is looking shredded. He has the mustache. He's got, he's lost a lot of body fat. He's got more muscle. Rusev looks incredible. And he came out to, kind of, I would call, I wouldn't call it crickets, but a very, very confused audience. Because a lot of people was asking me, like, what, why'd you sleep as a Maria? Where's Lana? Y'all divorced. A lot of questions came up immediately. Rusev went down the ring. Mike's like, hey, man, if you're the baby, father of the baby, congrats to you, and Maria. I don't want none. And tried to leave. But Rusev caught him, uh, destroyed him, monster kick in the ring, and the accolade for the win in like a six second match. A lot of people say dog in this segment because it was very out of place and confusing. I agree, but also I'm seeing beneath it, I'm seeing in between the lines. This has nothing to do with Rusev being the father. One bit. It was just so happened Rusev came out during this segment. It was playing all that stuff, yeah. But I, th- I think Maria had someone else in mind for the father. Rusev was like, hey, I'm back. And he just wanted to beat up somebody, which is my Canellas. So I don't, I don't think this has any kind of correlation to the Canellas' storyline or whatever you call what they're doing. Rusev was like, hey, I'm back. I want to beat up somebody. And chose Mike as his as his prey. I think Maria was just playing along with it to make, because she, since Mike's basically being a bad husband now, she likes anyone beating him up, which, this needs to, this needs to be leading to a Mike Canelo face turn. It has to be. It has to be. Because this has gone on for two months now, basically, of Mike getting literally dolled by his wife. He's been the love and supportive husband. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate that and like it. But he's getting trampled over by his wife. Cabeza said that he's not made enough to impregnate her. Made him lay down so she could be 27 champion. This has to lead to a Mike Canales face turn. Maybe even a little push. Because I'd get behind Mike if he snapped on Maria and left her. That's why I'm hoping goes down. But I don't like the survival aspect in, of this feud and this and there to be. Because Mike was like a just a complete weight, complete waste. Maria, she plays that character well, but I'm getting tired of this, and they need to move on with this and do something else with it. And then Maruso, like I said, Maruso coming back was just a happenstance. It just happened to, he just happened to come back at this time, and he's not gonna be with, he's not gonna be the father of Maria's baby, even though he can't. Everybody's talking about him being back. It's a good talking, so he's got everybody talking. That's cool. But I got a feeling that um, he's not involved in this at all. He just came back at this time and be on my Canellas because he was an easy prey. So I don't think Rusev has any connection with Maria Canellas or anything like that. But I think it's very cool, not cool, but interesting that he can, everybody's talking about this and, and questioning questioning it, which means it did it did its job of getting Rusev being the talk again. 
kinda in a weird way. But this did it did all this together. It was a it was poor booking, and it was just they want they need to fill time. And Rusev's back, so hopefully he gets pushed now that he's back because he looks great. He can carry up. He can carry the U.S. title from AJ in a great feud. He can. He has potential. Please use him, Jerry. Please, because he's back. Luke Harper's back. All the boys who we thought was leaving is back essentially. So. And someone asked in the party too, where my man Mike Nelson's do to deserve this. I also think they're punishing Mike Nelson because he wanted to leave Derby months ago. Derby's paid sometimes, you know. So I think this they're doing this to just punish him for wanting to leave and then resigning like, hey, you're back. So here you go. Basically, they're reprimanding him for wanting to leave in their own way, which I don't like. That's just what I think they're doing. So after this gender reveal shenanigans, we had um. Uh, another 27 championship uh, segment. They had um, Glenn Jacobs, aka Kane, and our truth no no Carmelo this time. Um, going to the um, I think it's Knox County Volunteers um, Stadium, which is a big stadium, a very nice stadium. Our truth was funny. He's like he's like y'all had all these Salvation Army stands here, and it was hilarious. This segment was gold, <clears throat> and um. Glenn Jacob, aka Kane, was one introduced to a police officer. It turns out this police officer was a referee. <laughs> Took out his uniform, kind of had a ref shirt on. And he's like, I'm, I'm gone, dog. Nice seeing you. I'll talk to you later. He went to run away and ran into one of the field goal posts, knocking himself out. Kane is your new 24 7 champion. This this was a great segment throughout because being, being in Kane's. Uh, one came, I guess one of his towns, I forgot where they were, but being in Knox County, it came, was there, just a, for nostalgia, not nostalgia, but, he's like, hey, y'all, my town, I'll come, I'll, I'll come by, it was a good, it, it was good to see Kane, very good, and him as one of my champion, seven champion was, very good to see, as well, <coughs> um, these segments were just, I thought, funny, they were very funny, and, Audrey is just very, comedy. he's just comedy gold, um, and it's great. <laughs> um, this, these segments were good for the most part. Next up was they had a, um, they had Cesaro versus Rey Mysterio in a pretty good match. Ray won. I didn't watch much of it. I was busy doing something, but Ray won in a pretty good match. Next up, we had a video package for AOP, All of the Pain, speaking in some language. So they're back. Good to see. Hopefully they'll get pushed this time, please. I've noticed some we're saying that to a lot of people. Kind of a little rant side side note. Is we're begging to push certain people. We're begging to do certain things. We, we I've noticed because of this, WWE has destroyed a lot of people's like momentum, careers, this and the other. Like Braun Strowman. Just because Braun Strowman ran through the um Rudolph and the revival tonight last night. He was, um, his momentum is dead, personally, in my opinion. Because <clears throat> looking at over the last year, he lost to Brock Lesnar with four F5s, I believe, at uh, Crown Jewel last year. Since then, he had nothing. And then he lost to Seth Rollins with the four club stomps and a pedigree. Braun Strowman, to me, he's a polarizing figure. Yeah, it's good to see him, but I cannot take him seriously. In a major championship role anymore. 
and it's sad to say, but it shows that WWE has booked a lot of people into the ground and continue to do so. And um, Von Strowman's one of them, Rusev's one of them, and AOP was one of them. AOP was amazing, awesome in NXT. As soon as they came to WWE, they got squads. They got we call it the ascension treatment. They just no, I just I, I I can't take them seriously right now. They have a lot of work to do with AOP to make me take them seriously again because they literally have done nothing on the main roster. Well, I think Razor got injured, but still, they have a lot of work to do with a lot of the stars. Looking back at it now, now back to the show. AOP, yeah, they're getting repackaged to being a dominant Samoan tag team. Basically, what they're doing in suits. And so we had a pretty good match. It was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Bailey and Sasha Banks. It's also was confirmed during the night that Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch were face at Hell in a Cell in Hell in a Cell for the Raw Women's Championship. So that's cool to see that back. <clears throat> it was mentioned how Becky Lynch was fined ten thousand dollars for hitting the ref, which I do not like at all. Um, and that was it. So hopefully they don't mention that anymore because I think the fine storylines are absolutely garbage. If you watch my SmackDown reviews over the recent weeks when they did that with Kevin Owens, I hated it. I hate fine storylines stuff. I, try, I hate when they try to make storylines realistic like that because we know she ain't fine. We're not that stupid. Kids might kids might believe it, but the majority of the audience is adults. We don't believe that happened to us. Please stop doing that. Quit questioning our intelligence. But anyway, this match was a very good match. Um, Baylor attacked Alexa Bliss in the beginning, thus making it basically a handicap match for the most part. Nikki Cross is just great. She's a great wrestler. I was just great to. She's just great. She had this majority to herself, and she was just laying, taking down, taking down both of the women. It was great. Um, and to the end of it, I was doing something else again, but I think the match ended up being no contest. I don't know what happened, but Becky Lynch ended up running down the steel chair, I think, and being up Sasha Banks, and I believe Bailey as well. So we're getting a payback for that. So this is good for the, that feud. Charlotte Flair came out and took out Bailey. So it's good for the, these matches continuing going forward, and that I'm very interested to see where they go with both of these feuds. But next up, on truth in the run of Kane to be the 27 champion for like the 16th time. I lost track of how many times, though. The Kane got mad, and that was it. It was good to see Kane last night. I've missed him slightly. I've always liked Kane since he's been married. He's never he hasn't been on here much, but he, he made a good guest appearance. Since they're in his, in his jurisdiction of being in Knox County, Tennessee, so that was cool. And next up, we had Dana Brooke versus Lacey Evans. Um, this is just a further the Lacey Evans and Talia storyline. This match is pretty good. I'm get, I'm very very impressed with Lacey Evans here lately. She's um cleaned up her polished her ring work, and she's way better than she was. I like it a lot. And she ended up beating Dana Brooke with a sharpshooter, thus. Um, sitting on sign to Natalia, she's screaming in the, the camera, "This is for you! I did this for you, Nay!" or something like that. I think this is going to lead to Lacey and Natalia tag team, maybe, which I'm down with. They could be part of the women's tag team scene and be good. They could be good champions, maybe. But I like this feud going forward. Each woman has one win or the other, so I'm very excited to see when they finish that um, best of three series or so. 
next up was the main event, and this whole main event scene, main event stuff, was, it saved the show, in my opinion. If it weren't for the main, if it weren't for the Fiend and all that stuff, this show would have been flatter than a pancake. But thank goodness the Fiend was here. So the match was Robert Roode versus Seth Rollins. Very good match. I like how they're pushing uh, Robert Roode to be uh, on his own. Dolph was there in his corner, which surprised, I figured they wouldn't. He'd be injured from the Boston attack, but he was there still. Oh, the match was great. Very good match. And ended up, um, um, Dolph Ziggler tackled Rollins for the DQ. Then the OC ran down. Again, I'm, I'm like, why? I guess they're helping Dolph and Robert, but I forgot. I'm like, why are they run down here? And then Kane in his full attire, mask, everything came out. I guess he was coming out because he was mad about all true stuff and he wanted to build some people. But it was he got a very good part because I don't expect no one expecting to come out like that. And he he took out everybody, everybody. And then he was about to do his little fireworks um thing with his hands when the fiends screeching came out, the lights on going out, and it was insane. And they lights. Well, one uh, a light came back on with the fiend standing behind Kane, and the shot they did for this was phenomenal camera work. It was just like the picture of a like half of Kane's face and his shoulder, and all you saw was the fiend's head behind him. And the fiend turned around and choked out Kane with a mandible claw, mandible claw. So Kane is now the fiend's best friend, Bray Wyatt's best friend. And after the match, this is what what I loved. Seth Rollins was in the corner. It was still pitch dark, basically, except for one or two lights. The Fiend slid over to Seth and just stared in his face, just stared at him, and Seth was in the bottom corner, just basically out of cry. He was so scared. I loved this by, um, by Seth. His acting here was phenomenal. Kudos to him for this. The Fiends looked looked so dominant. Like I said, him the. Him foreshadowing every show, like, is he going to come now? Is he coming during the show? That notion of when is he coming keeps the show interesting and kind of unpredictable to me in a way. He would literally take anyone, it seems. And they should have just ended the show with The Fiend and Seth, with The Fiend staring at Seth like that, but no. They had, like, three minutes to go. What they do, they play the Firefly Funhouse intro loop for about three to four minutes. That was the end. That was the end. It was cool for like the first maybe minute, but we're like, okay now, okay. It was basically just the theme song getting lower, lower pitched and and distorted and all that. I'm like, okay, we get it. The theme was here. That that was I think that was, I think that was also production error. So I don't know what was going on with the production team last night with the upside down screens and then that. But they need to work on some things. But yeah, the three or four minutes of the Five Five Funhouse theme was kind of annoying. I wish they just ended uh, ended it off with the fiend staring down and whimpering Seth Rollins. That'd have been more effective. But the, nonetheless, this whole segment was phenomenal. Now the show as a whole was very very underwhelming. I was kind of disappointed. I was very disappointed to be to be frank. Nothing really happened. It was just hey, we got matches in three weeks at Hell in a Cell. The Fiend, Seth Rollins, and Becky and Sasha, and basically, it's gonna be Natalia and Dana, um, and Lacey Evans. It's gonna be Charlotte and Bailey. 
That's all that we got from the show. Matches were made basically for Hell in a Cell. We have Maria's now basically sleeping. We have no clue who she sleeps with now. The show basically was, just, it was very underwhelming. Out of five stars, I give it a three. And that's because the Fiend, if, if it was better, it got a high score because the Fiend saved it. But the show, in my opinion, was it was very lacking. Like I said at the beginning, Paul Heyman's just was relying on the shock value of Rusev and Kane. And that, that wasn't good. So the show was flat, but the Fiend saved it. Let me know in the comments below what you think about the show. Tune in tomorrow for my SmackDown Live review. Thanks for watching, guys. Have an awesome day.